Welcome to Big Foamy Head, show 157, Lips of Breath. So we're doing a uh, Britannomyces collaboration between two of my favorite breweries, Lost Abbey in uh, San Diego and New Belgian Brewery up here in Fort Collins. And really high expectations, uh, really love the Britannomyces beers. Um, this one in particular is called the uh, Lips of Faith series Brett beer. But let me tell you an interesting factoid about Brett beer. Not not the most uh, compelling of names, but here's the fact that I noticed. I went, if you want to know information about a beer from a brewer, one would go to the brewer's website. And this is a Lips of Faith series, so I'm putting New Belgium as the producers of this beer guess what's not on their website this beer brett beer brett their collaboration. no their collaboration is not on their website and as you and i were discussing it might be because of some of those low ratings that are <laughs> uh, showing up which which we need to talk about that because everything of course is subjective right and yeah. uh, uh, the ratings, and, and you've got the show notes up. You have an advantage over me, because even though I wrote them, I, I closed it. Uh, but they they were in the 70s, right? That's right. You said, uh, Beer Advocate is not a fan, score of 77, only 12 reviews. Yeah. Um, and, and, and great I, beer shits on it as well with the 72. So yeah. we have a 77 and a 72. Yeah, there you go. I want to see it. Made sure you uh, read my take on great beer shitting on it. So bear in mind, though, this is what they uh, it, it's only 12 people on uh, Beer Advocate, and I don't know how many on right And they could be idiots. They could be. That's right. These I mean, could be mentally challenged we individuals. Their, uh, right? We don't know what their beer. Uh, what do you call them? Credentials are their uh, curriculum vitae or whatever. That's so. right. These could be uh, reformed Miller Lite drinkers who have just, this is their first beer uh, since uh, rehab, right? That's what I'm talking <laughs> Right, about. exactly. So, well, it's but, okay. So, go ahead. Your take on this collaboration Lost Abbey, Tommy Arthur, producing wonderful, wonderful beers. New Belgium, been in the game for a while. Another way around a beer. And what do you think right. of this? Uh, Eric Salazar, he's a big contributor. He's one of the head brewers, or one of the brewers over at uh, New Belgium Brewery. And, uh, you know, these are really respected people in the industry. And then they put this out. Yeah. It's uh, very not very – it's okay. Hmm? Uh, it, but it's very disappointing, actually, from my perspective. It, you got the buildup, Right. You right. have those two names on there, and it said Brett Beer. Right. And, and, and so Brett Beer, I mean, you're thinking uh, the Duchess, you know, would be one of the extremes. I compare uh, the Duchess to kind of uh, sweet and sour sauce filtered through dirty socks, you know. So it's not terribly pleasing, but, you know, it's very intense flavors. And yeah. this is just kind of a, a sweet, fruity beer without any of the real – acetic acid that i was looking for or any of the horse blanket or any of that good stuff mm. so hmm yeah it's a it's a huh it's it's a drinkable beer and My i'm, mom I'm might drinking like it i'm i'm enjoying it it's just fine it has a hazy uh kind of uh light apricot dull gold finish uh the legs aren't that great on it but it's a nice white head and 
it's a, I, I'm drinking it. I think it's just fine. It was like the buildup, though. Was, I was let down. If you had not told me what this was and said, here, here's a craft beer, I'd drink this. I'd say, hmm, it's a craft beer, and it's better than the uh, uh, macro piss that uh, ha- has been put out for years. And, and I would appreciate this and say thank you. And I might even drink another one. But, and you might even try to guess at a style and say, yeah, yeah it's something Belgian-y. Yeah, sort of golden ale and yeah. But the Belgian's Belgian-y, real Maybe light. a little fruit beer, I don't know. Yeah, maybe a little. I, I Never in a million years would I guess that this was a uh, yeah. being touted as a Brett beer. An so. American wild ale, they say, on, uh, yeah. on uh, uh, Beer Street Journal. And uh, somebody else, I think, uh, Beer Advocate, classified it, I don't know if that's an actual style, American Wild Ale. Well, that actually kind of makes it interesting because you never really know what uh, natural um, inoculation you're going to get from the atmosphere. So Mm -hmm. they did like a cool ship thing where they just leave this open to the air and pick up whatever bugs they get. Um, That'd be interesting. So I'd like to know that part of the story. Um, I wish they would have had a little more uh, active Brett cultures in it, though. Yeah, and see, right. that's that's the thing. I couldn't get any information or couldn't find any from the source. What I got was from Beer Street Journal and uh, some snippets from Beer Advocate and Rate Beer. And Beer Street Journal says something a little interesting that this is the result of Tommy Arthur of Lost Abbey traveling to New Belgium to create a lips of faith. Soon, New Belgium will travel to California to brew a version in San Marcos. So I'm guessing there's going to be a Lost Abbey offering coming out at some point. That will be that is cool. Yeah. Yeah, they cleverly got that off the bottle where it says the best part of collaboration is discovering mutual passions with Lost Abbey. It was the wild yeast strain Britannomyces. Using Belgian inspiration, we fermented the beer with Britannomyces to bring out tropical fruit notes, crisp haziness, and bright flavors. A touch of fruity sorachi ace hops releases or pleases the palate and entices frequent zips. Sips. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So um, crisp haziness seems to be a contradiction, but we'll let that go. Um Fruity, sorta, kinda. It's yeah, okay. definitely fruity. Yeah, I know your glass is about empty. Yeah, so uh, maybe <laughs> it, it is enticing frequent sips. It, uh, I, I am frequently frequently sipping, and I have continued to pour beer, and I see you pouring more in. It's not a right. bad beer. I don't know seventy. If you, I guess the seventy-seven from Beer Advocate, seventy-two from Right Beer is if you were like being you know oh the style and what it is and yet you, you promised us this and you under delivered but uh, i mean i like this i would drink another one well we can give it a solid c c plus grade point yeah, right yeah which is what our 75 used to be yeah i, don't know if I mean I, I have had many many worse beers than this and i'm not gonna say this is bad beer i i'm enjoying it but it's not what it says that's just it. Don't say Brett beer. There's no Brett to this. There's no Belgian. And it said Belgian inspired in that uh, little blurb. And, eh, you know, it, it, it was oversold. And, and, and I don't know if that's true. Maybe I'm just making that up about, you know, I, I know it's not on their uh, new Belgian website. So 
I don't think it's shame. I just think they were, you know, not paying attention. They sample their own goods a lot around New Belgium, I'm guessing. Judging by their website, that looks like, you know, drunk four-year-olds were putting stuff up on uh, on the website. Have you ever seen or heard a presentation from uh, Peter Bouquert? He's a... Uh kind of their belgian brewer that they brought over i i i recall something many many years ago but it's been uh blacked out by uh <laughs> samplings of beer what can i say alcohol may have killed that brain cell yeah i believe it did that one little cell that had that information is gone well he is the uh, anti-style guy so if you ask him oh. what style this beer is he'll give you a five-minute dissertation about how there are no real styles and you know it seems to be an american thing where we uh. want to uh you know, put everything into a category and classify everything. So, so let me put something else into a category and classify something. I played at, at our intro, this kind of little rocking up beat, uh, number. And it, it's, a, the song is called shape. I'm in feeling pretty good for the shape. I'm in it's been played by other people, but this is by a band called archangels. And Archangels, in like 1993, I think it was, uh, released this. It's 92 or 93. They had one album, Archangels. And this was a, ready, collaboration between two noted Texas guitarists. Way to tie it together. Yeah, it's coming. Oh, it's going to get better. I I promise you this. It just gets more deeper and twisted. So the two guitarists, and these guys have been around and uh, played with with God and everybody, um, uh, Charlie Braxton and Doyle Bramhall Jr. Now, you know either of those names? I do not. Okay. Well, we've actually played Doyle Bramhall several times over the year. This is his son, Doyle Brownhall the oh, second, and he he, should, you know, he couldn't get a break, save his life. Um, he, he both of them very highly regarded, and then they got together and recorded this album. And I'll tell you why later. Why this was kind of a pivotal pivotal thing, but I mean it was just great. And everybody's going, holy shit, these are like some super group out of Texas blues rock kind of guys. They're awesome. And then, of course, as like all good rock stars do, they just exploded into this drugs and and abuse. And uh, Doyle, Doyle Deuce had to go into rehab, right? Sure. So, the rock and roll fantasy, right? Yeah, he did. He did it right. <laughs> but uh, they're still out there playing today. Both of them. They are, uh, you know, cleaned up, of course, older, wiser. And, but not uh, as Archangel, right? No. Uh-uh. No. It's like because this is one and done. One and done. But that album produced three uh, commercially successful songs, which is pretty good for any album. And uh, it, it, so some of the other songs, though, you know, go listen to it. So I'm going to leave it at that because I'm going to tie this back together with more collaborations in a little bit, okay? An earlier collaboration, give you a hint. Okay, so on this beer, back to this beer, you know, I'm liking it. I like it just fine. I, I'm just, I, I wish they just called it something else and not acted like, oh, look, we collaborated. Look what we made. 
Yeah, you made you made an okay beer. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the uh, second offering from uh, Lost Abbey because I know Tommy Arthur knows how to make good yeah, beer. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And it's not that uh, New Belgium doesn't know how to make good beer. This just seems like something that you know. Over the weekend, they said, "Hey, let's just stir this shit up and see what we do, and we'll stick What's a label crisp, on it." It's yeah. that crisp haziness they have going for it. Yes, they themselves have been both crisped and hazed. Right, I believe that's what it is. So, um, what's been going on out there? You told me you were laying the guilt trip on me. You have actually sacrificed a beer event in order to uh, enjoy the tens of listeners, uh, regale the tens of listeners with your wisdom and beer insight. Yeah, uh, it's just another uh, Avery barrel release. They're on their twelfth now, and uh, you know it's um, eight dollars for a twelve ounce bottle. And they're fairly rare. I mean, if I wanted to go there and do some trading on uh, Beer Advocate or whatever, um, I could probably do that You know, with people throughout the country. I just uh, don't believe that the price of shipping beer around the country is worth it these days. You know, there's so many really good distributors. but um, So they're doing that. But, of course, we're also having 101 degree temperatures. But it's a dry heat, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. It's been an oven out here. I don't know if you've uh, been following the news, but uh, the state of uh, Colorado is pretty much on fire. So That's good. Well, the snows will be here soon to put it out, right? Yeah, and then I'll be bitching about the cold. <laughs> the, oh, snows, no the snows in July. So. <laughs> well, it's not. It's uh, it's really nice here in uh, Nash Vegas. Of course, I am right by the lake. It's the weirdest thing because... I, you know, the background sounds, I guess I just don't pay attention. And Chris, you go, you hear that? I go, yeah, what the hell is that noise? You know, I thought, something on the road? What is it? She said, no, it's speedboats on the lake. They're oh. racing on the lake. It's like, holy, it's like, well, okay, that's something new. So uh, that's what I've got. Uh, but I got lots of trees out here. So even though it is 100 degrees here, I think it hit 100 today. Uh, really? Hey, that's nice. pretty hot. Yeah, they forecasted ninety nine, but uh, we've got we've got trees and water and beaches and hell, it's great. Ain't nothing wrong. But uh, we um, we got some, we've got uh, good beer at least to uh, enjoy the hot weather. This would be good outside. Speaking of uh, Britannomyces, yesterday um, I'm in a barrel project. We actually bought a couple of uh, Russian River barrels, and um, you know we've rotate a couple things through it uh, and we've got a an ode brewing or a flanders red actually that uh, very very sour very acidic um pretty much what i expected with this beer and did not get but uh, yesterday we brewed a berliner vice that was going into it so mm. you know brewing in 100 degree weather is another challenge because you're sitting by a, a brew kettle and uh you got the flame going and uh it's a it is warm. a good day to go to the pool afterwards. Yeah. So I'll tell you another thing you can do uh, to cool off. You can ride a bicycle. Oh. Now, I say that. That was my clever and witty segue into an event that just happened here in Nashville. And it features New Belgium. All New right. Belgium came to Nashville on um june 6th i believe and they had an event called tour de fat it's a bike ride slash parade give up your car 
in lieu of bicycle event. 2,300 people showed up, and they raised $20,000 for local nonprofits. And according to the Rat's Nest, that is the New Belgium website, uh, they're close to $2 million raised on this Tour de Fat uh, event that they put on. So the deal behind that is somebody in the town they come to gives up their car for a year and rides a bike instead. Okay. And New Belgium gives them a budget, 2000 something bucks, uh, at a local bike shop for you to go get your bike, I guess, or get your bike fixed up. And, and you're going to, you commit to riding it for an entire year. That's your only mode of transportation that, that you have. I get, I don't know if you can ride with other people in cars, but anyway, so, um, that's what it is. And all the other, uh, 2002 or 2,299 people just fuck around, drink beer and have a good time. And they dress up and party. So I go to the Facebook page thinking, Oh man, I want to see pictures of this. There's not picture one. They've got some pictures of the third of these things. And apparently this is the kickoff event, uh, for this year, apparently was in Nashville. Uh, Durham, North Carolina, beautiful, exotic Durham. Uh, they, they have pictures and so forth like that. So you can get kind of an idea. So September, they're coming to Denver. That's a long trip for them. Yeah. So they're coming to Denver and they're going to do the tour de fete there. And so I signed you up and I said, you'd be happy <laughs> to turn over your car and ride a bike for a year. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I'd have to get a bike actually. My uh, a bike doesn't work too good. So yeah, I didn't know that two thousand uh, something because you know they got their bicycle right. Is their their whole deal right? The new Belgian bicycle, the, new the Belgian Belgian tire. bicycle. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. So that I've was, got one uh, hanging in the uh, the liquor store where I go buy my lottery tickets. It's a yeah. Big old new Belgian bicycle, a big red thing. We uh, have one of those at the Flying Saucer in Nashville. Nice. Yeah, nice. Those, those are nice little uh, beach cruiser-looking uh, bikes. Wouldn't mind so you didn't one. go to the event? I didn't go. No. Oh, you should. You should. I, f- I found out about it too late. But I have got an event that I am going to. And this is coming up. Uh, this is, uh, uh, I called it a twofer on uh, July 20, July 28th, okay? Friend of show, Alan Young, is uh, making the hazardous trip from Memphis to Nashville. And uh, we are going to get up bright and early in the morning of July 28th and go downtown to the Yazoo Brewery, don our official Yazoo running capes, and do the barely a 4K event. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to run almost around two miles. You can no, I could do that. I wouldn't run it. I mean, I'd have yeah, to run, you'd run walk and it, walk. But I, I could run walking two miles. Yeah. And then it ends, it starts and ends at the brewery. And this is what I know about Yazoo. And I told you this, uh, I think the last event that I went to, they always encourage people bring beer to share. Any one's beer craft beer and it is the coolest thing you got people pulling stuff out from everywhere you will sample all kinds of stuff it's a they have a really good beer community here considering we're in tennessee and uh yeah so that's going to be very cool and then 
at noon, we go to the Music City Brewers Festival with a boatload of uh, beers from all over the place. Got some top brewers coming in here. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I've seen pictures of that uh, Music City Brewers Fest. Yeah. That's actually a very big event. It's nice. It, it's been going on, I think uh, they said 11 years, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's a big deal for uh, for around here. So I got that to look forward to in in July. So little inside fun. joke. Alan, Alan has paid his dues. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. <laughs> Our friend Alan, he is, uh, he is an individual. They broke the mold when they made him. That's so right. um, let me tell you about this uh, musical interlude we got coming up. All right. Now, you uh, I, I, and I can't remember if we were talking about this. Or hell, we might have talked about it last show. Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. You familiar with that album? From, I am. From Mr. David I used Bowie. to be a huge uh, David Bowie fan. Okay, good. All right. Since you've admitted that, here's something that'll date you a little bit. Uh, hey, I'm a product of the 80s. Man. They, I love uh, the 80s. Well, Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars just celebrated their 40th anniversary. Woohoo! Yeah, 40 yeah. years yeah, old. Getting old. Okay. Holy moly, that don't make you feel old. So I like David Bowie, and so I, I thought, wow, that's something. So I start listening to all these David Bowie songs, a little David Bowie retrospective on Spotify. And I hit on the David Bowie album that came later on when everybody said, ah, he's a sellout, bullshit, bullshit. The David Bowie album, Let's Dance. Okay? You know that song, Let's Dance, right? Now, you know the the interesting thing about that, right? The guitarist on Let's Dance. I do know, but I'm going to let you share. No, you just lay it on out there. Go ahead. Who's the guitarist? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Hell yes. A young Stevie Ray Vaughan. One of the most awesomest uh, Texas blues guitarists in the world. Hell yeah. Now, let me tell you something. So did they collaborate? They did indeed. Uh, As it turns out, David Bowie had spotted young Stevie uh, playing at uh, Montrose Jazz Festival uh, the year before. Very appreciative of his work. Said, hey, come play on this uh, record with me. Now, here's the part you didn't know, or you may not have known. This will tell whether you're a true, huge David Bowie fan or not. So everybody knows David David Bowie and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Or David Lee Roth. Or David Lee Roth, one of those guys. Same guy. Uh, So so they did that record. What you might not know is Stevie Ray Vaughan was going to go on tour with David Bowie. Huh? Did you know I that hope, one? I'm glad he didn't, if he didn't. Okay, so let me tell you about that. Uh, he had his this own is, career to get going. This was in April of 1983. Okay? So April of 1983, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan is, um, is, is uh, he'd done, done the record, and they... Had a uh, he he had committed he was going to go on tour with David Bowie, so he goes and this is I'm looking for the little deal that I had on here about um, he went to I think it's Las Colinas um, the um, uh, some soundstage in uh, Texas Dallas Texas right and so he goes there and uh, they rehearse. 
the tour called the Sirius Moonlight Tour, which was the largest, most successful David Bowie tour ever. Over two and a half million tickets sold, right? April. They they do this, and Stevie Ray Vaughan, in a very, very limited, exclusive, only on vinyl recording called uh, Dallas, the Dallas Moonlight Sessions. First, you know, Serious Moonlight, Under the Moonlight, Serious Moonlight, all that. This was recorded off of the soundboard, okay? Mm -hmm. Stevie Ray Vaughan played all of the David Bowie songs. Everything, you name it. Young Americans, Rebel, Rebel, Gene Genie, he played all of them. He's going to be the lead guitarist Mm -hmm. on the tour. Three weeks later, and it depends on whose website you look at, Stevie Ray Vaughan... Uh, elected to drop out of the tour because he wanted to focus on his career with Double Trouble. They were releasing Texas Flood, right? The debut album, mm-hmm. Steve mm-hmm. Ray Vaughn. If you look on David Bowie's, it says that there were scheduling conflicts or some such and that they had to let Stevie out of the contract. So, eh. Anyway. Well, I'm glad they did. I mean, because those were two bright, shining stars, and I think that uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn playing uh, guitar yeah. for Bowie would be a complete waste of his talent. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I got. I've got the link. Some uh, some person was kind enough to rip every single one of these songs and put them on YouTube. So I got a link, and we'll put it on the website where you can click on it and go, and you can listen to any of the Dave Bowie's, and it's all Stevie Ray Vaughan. He is the guitarist on every one of these songs. This stuff you cannot hear anywhere but their one-time event that day one and done which seems to be the theme for the show okay so what i got here because we've all heard let's dance that's the one where he gets to go loose a little bit this is the rehearsal um from from of let's dance where stevie ray plays it but he gets he has a little fun with it so this is uh let's dance from the dallas um, Dallas Moonlight soundboard recording. Let's hear it. Susan 
That was uh, the soundboard uh, output from that Dallas uh, sessions. And uh, like I said, the link is on uh, bigfoamyhead.com. You can click through, listen to. It's a two-disc set of these rehearsals, which then three weeks later, he said, ah, screw you guys. I'm going to go see what my band can do. And uh, May of uh, 1983 was when he went on his way with... uh, with uh, Double Trouble, and they released Texas Flood. More to come on that, but before we get there, uh, you are about to, we're, we're into, uh, and I came up with this, we're about to open our PBRs, not Pabst Blue Ribbons, personal beer reviews. I made that up myself. Yeah, this is new. It's, yeah. Uh, you kind of uh, sprung it on me, and I wasn't totally prepared. Well, so. I, I realized that we, we'd kind of gotten into this thing where we had a shared beer, and uh-huh. then we each had our own, right? 
And True. so we have been doing that. Here's uh, I've got mine, and mine is a Russian River damnation, and I'll talk about mine in a minute. But you've got a special one, a from, special beer, and this is now, live naked podcasting at its finest. Go ahead. You said you said pick a beer that you love. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I love this beer. This beer may be crap or it may be great. I have no idea, but it was made with love, Groucho and Chud's love. So, uh, and a little bit of apple chunk, as far as I know. They uh, sent it to me a long time ago and said, hey, we'd love your opinion on this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you know how those guys are. Um, and this is Groucho and Chud friends. from The Beer Report. TheBeerReport.com. Uh, they're still around podcasting, so um, go check out their show. They're very funny guys. Um, I am seeing a large amount of sediment on the neck of the bottle. Which Ooh. usually isn't a good sign, okay. but and he said it might be a bottle bomb. So point it's it away a from bomb, me. I'm going to have a real issue because I'm going to have to run. It'll probably coat my computer. Well, okay, that's good. It did not blow up on okay. me. That pop was me popping the cork on my beer. So, all right, the beer is being poured. Got it looks it. nice. Handle that like nitro. Oh color. yeah, that's good looking. Looks like well, uh, apple cider kind of color. Doesn't smell terribly funky. Good. Two years old, aged for two years. At least, yeah. Okay. In the beer refrigerator. Thoroughly drinkable. Okay. I uh, wasn't sure it would age well. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's kind of thin. This is their homebrew. Yes, it is. Okay. From and, two uh, years ago. I'm a little surprised it survived. But it did. Well, good. So that means it's got a little alcohol in it, right? Uh, a little bit, I'm sure. Got to. Yeah. Or or it would have turned to vinegar or some nasty substance after well, a couple years. Well, it's turned something. I'm not going to say it's a nasty substance, but it's uh, yeah. it's aged. It's are, you get, are you getting some apple flavors? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, so. Um, yeah. Some uh, fruit aromatics. Okay. Apple beer. I don't recall having ever had an apple beer, so I would have no basis of comparison. Well, it's kind of a testament that it uh, was not a bottle bomb, and it doesn't really taste infected or anything, so they must have uh, reasonable sanitation. Good. Good job. Boys, you uh, you done good for having something to survive two years. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they didn't expect this beer to be aged and uh, drunk live. No kidding. Well, they did ask us to do it, and they should have known how slow we are to get around to things. So um, <laughs> We're on hiatus. Well, We're writing our, yeah, uh, our book. That's right. The, the expose, the tell-all. <laughs> All the sordid and samey secrets behind the world that is Big Foamy Head. Isn't that what uh, college professors do? They go on hiatus for uh, six months, and that's they go right. off yeah. research and write their book. Well, so. I, I'm showing you my um, my Russian River damnation. In a beautiful Chimay glass. Very nice. Yeah, I got a Chimay glass. I used my dogfish head glass earlier for the um, the um, Brett thing, which I noticed the logo washed completely off of my dogfish head glass. The Chimay glass has hung in there. The little metal gold rim has about washed half away. But, uh, yeah, the dogfish head, I don't think it survived many washings at all. There's there's no fish to be seen. 
on it That's anymore. Uh, a dogfish head glass. I don't think I have a dogfish head glass, and I have quite a few beer glasses. Yeah, so. it's a good glass. Got that kind of snifter. Got a super heavy base, but uh, base, yeah. no dogfish to be seen on it. So um, I poured my Russian River uh, damnation, and what can you say? I mean, Russia, it's Russian River. And Russian River, uh, they have been a favorite of mine for, for many, many, many years. And I want to tell you how I got this beer because I usually get my beers one of two ways. Someone sends it to me, like you, or I bring it from somewhere else. And, and recently, since moving to Nashville, I've been able to pick up good beers here. This was a third way. And I've yet to find out how they're able to do it, but I got this through my inaugural trial of letspourbeer.com. This was shipped to me in Tennessee. Yeah, I think uh, you were sending us a link to that. They yeah. they yeah. kind of send you beers, right? They uh, Yeah, I mean, you pay for it, but yes, they send you beers. And uh, that's just opens up a whole world to people in many states. Apparently, I don't know if they found a loophole or what, but they're sending everywhere. There's very few places. Because remember, we used to talk all the time about it's a felony in Tennessee to ship beer. So apparently there's be, been a, a loophole or something found. These guys are sending. And I called them because my order was a little delayed, right? They answered the phone promptly. They said, hey, where's my order? You know, you hadn't told me anything. They said, oh, we're so sorry about that. But you're, what I had ordered this Lagunitas beer, which you can't get here. And they said, well, we, we were hoping to have got that out the door, but Lagunitas has not delivered it. It's not ready yet. Can we switch it for something? And she rattled off a couple of them, seemed to know what she was saying. I took one, and they got my order right out to me and gave me a 10 buck discount to say I'm sorry. So that was great. I got 10 bucks off of the shipping anyway. Oh, no, I'm taking that back. 10 bucks off my original order and free shipping. So I paid as much and maybe less in some cases for the beers that I got than I would here. That's pretty good. So That's I, excellent. I know. So I've got Rus Russian River Damnation, which you cannot get here, delivered to my doorstep. That's a hell of a deal right there. So yeah, I, I want to talk to them. I'm hoping to get uh, a little conversation with them at some point because this just, I, I mean, this is just great. You can have now, beer damn everywhere. Yeah, damnation is the one with the the blue label and the little pitchfork on it. Uh, it's a black label. Black label. Okay. Now I know there's two of them. There's I might a, be thinking supplication. Uh, there, yeah, there's so many Asians, right? That they do. Uh, this is a uh, this is kind of a mainstream one, if you will. It's a Belgian strong pale ale. Yeah, I've had many of them. I just forgot to. Oh yeah, it's like good them. stuff. The uh, Damnation Twenty Three is is uh, brewed with oak chips, but uh, man, it's a tasty beverage. Uh, and Russian River does. They are I don't know what their distribution is, but they are very craftsman like in their beer. They do a lot of wine barrel um, uh, fermenting and aging of beers. My uh, buddy David, he lives in uh, Santa Rosa, California, and I went to visit him, and we went to Russian River, their brew pub there, and uh, Natalie was hanging out, so that was pretty sweet. And yeah. You know, if you get their taster flight, 
it had at least 12, 16 samples on it. Yeah. It was a huge old taster. So, you know, that was really a really nice place to visit. All right. And the peach is good, too. So I recommend it. Yeah, I went to their website to get a little information <clears throat> about this, which it, it's seven and seven point seven five percent alcohol by volume, and uh, it has a score of ninety two on Beer Advocate, not twelve reviews, but nine hundred and fifty four reviews. Wow, you got a score of ninety two out of nine hundred and fifty four. You know you did something right. You didn't right. half ass this deal. <laughs> There's uh, what's that uh, website Yelp where people go and diss their yeah. uh, the local restaurant because uh, they didn't have enough butter patties yeah. on the table or whatever yeah. you know. Yeah. And so people just normally if they're gonna log on and do something is to complain. So it's nice that people are giving this a high score with such a large number of reviews. Yeah, yeah. I you know I hate to say that, but you're right. Yelp is kind of like bitch paradise but beer advocate and i I think probably right beer also is where you got people giving their opinion and we rarely disagreed with the the consensus of some of these and yeah they were spot on today i'd like to know what they thought about a groucho and chud's apple beer yeah that's right maybe we should send it in we'll have the one rate (laughs) that would be awesome wouldn't it yeah (laughs) yeah would you rate my beer please (laughs) groucho (laughs) Groucho and Chud's apple beer. Two-year-old apple beer. <laughs> it had uh, sediment on the neck of the bottle, which well, is not yeah. ever a good sign. I mean, no. when you're judging a beer, the first thing you do is you do your bottle inspection. You look for uh, an infection ring at the top. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Normally, you would consider that a bad thing. But so, sometimes the infection can produce miraculous things, right? Maybe right. not this well, time. Well, you would. Some people would consider Britannomyces to be a uh, an infection. Well, it is right technically. Right. Okay. I mean, it's uh, you inoculate the beer with this, right? Yeah, it's a form of Saccharomyces, uh, I believe. But uh, you know, it just sours the beer, and if you're not looking for that, then you true. know, it ruins your batch. Right. True. True. And uh, and I can't remember if we talked about it, but I've got I've got a couple of bottles I need to send you one of these bottles so the beer that i want to send you is called fortuitous i can't remember if we talked about this or not what it was was it was some yazoo sioux sioux is a smoked porter nobody goes and sours a smoked porter it's just not something you would think about right it's (laughs) a smoked porter is going to have its own kind of like little vertical taste that you would enjoy well somehow a a large quantity 800 bottles got infected and people got it and said oh this shit went bad and sent it back and yazoo tasted it and go something got into this let's put it away and see what happens and I think they uh, sat on it for for a couple, three months, and then they went back and tried it. And so, like, wow, this is different. Mm. Then they took it, and they took half of the batch and put it in a Corsair distillery whiskey barrels. Corsair is a micro distiller here in Nashville. So it's been, and it aged for, I can't remember if it was a year or what. I had to look it up the exact thing. But it aged in bourbon whiskey tennessee whiskey barrels right 
And mm-hmm. then they bottled it, and they had a big event like what I was describing, you know, with the, the upcoming uh, Yazoo uh, Barely a 4K thing. They had a big event and raffled off the only 200 bottles in existence of Fortuitous. And you're going to share one of those with me? I have three left. Nice. I'm going to send you one. We're going to do this on another show. It's a weird. It doesn't fit into anything. There is no style. I'm sure. Okay, so you got a uh, smoked porter, soured Soured. with Britannomyces and barrel aged in a Tennessee whiskey barrel. Yes, sir. Sounds delicious, actually. (laughs) It is different. It's a different taste. And when I went to the uh, the big. uh, gathering that they had to uh, uh, raffle this off, they gave away all of the soured Sioux to everyone. And it was awesome. So this is a different taste. This is the soured Sioux aged with a little whiskey on it. It's nice. it's, it's different. It is uh, a, a unique, one-of-a-kind, never-to-be-repeated, yet another one-and-done sort of thing that we're talking about so it's serendipity and fortuitous at the same time yes yes so i'm getting a little uh apple chunkage floating around in here (laughs) yeah is it a a chewy beer it's all good well my damnation is going down great it's a strong belgian strong ale got a lot more spice notes than uh the uh belgian inspired lips of faith it's got a real deep sort of taste to it I'm trying to put words to it. It's like deep, and then at the end, um, watermelon rind comes to mind. You know how, like, when you're biting down onto that last bit and you're hoping to get something that's got a little fruit, but it doesn't. It's just that kind of rind. So I that's did what that I'm last getting. night. It's watermelon season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the um, the finish of it. It's good. I mean, it's very good. Not any complaint. And there's a little bit of, like, toastiness to the finish, too, which is interesting. It kind of what I associate, honestly, with uh, some of the Lost Abbey beers that I've had before. I don't know if that's a California thing or what, but it's uh, it's just a really – and this is all good. It's just a bunch of different sort of taste finishing up. I don't know if well, aren't they all bread. part of the bread pack? I mean, I think that Tommy Arthur and Vinnie's LaRusso. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. They're running along bodies, with yeah. Adam Avery and uh-huh. uh, Rob Todd yep. and who else? There's Sam, like five of them. Sam, Calgio. Sam, Sam, yeah. Sam's definitely yeah. part of that bread pack. So. Because we, yeah, we saw them all at that they're dinner. they're influencing each other. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay, uh, that's that's very fair. So, uh, okay. So, so, uh, so that's the new segment. The personal, personal beer, beer review. review. PBR. Crack open a PBR. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you, the next collaboration, this is where I'm going to tie it all together, okay? okay? You're sitting down for this. Been waiting for it. Okay. Yeah. Looking for it. Remember, we started off the top of the show with uh, Archangels featuring uh-huh. Doyle Bramhall Jr., charlie braxton so and then we heard a collaboration between david bowie and uh steve ray vaughn okay so now steve ray vaughn if you don't know the backstory about him he he idolized his older brother jimmy and he he uh was not a stellar student in fact he sucked (laughs) and he was uh steve ray vaughn in the, uh, I think I said seven weeks into his senior year, said, 
eh, screw this, I'm going to be a musician, and left school and uh, moved himself by himself to Austin, Texas. Jimmy had left home at 15, so this was not an unusual thing in the Vaughn household. For the but kids. it was the 70s, and it that, was, that, yeah. that happened. Yeah, so Stevie Ray moves there. Uh, with his band, I apparently talked some other kids into going with him, the Blackbirds, and they slept on pool tables and on the floors of bars that they were playing at. And then the band broke up, and Stevie Ray, uh, a young uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn, 1972-ish, uh, joined up with this band uh, called the night crawlers. Okay. And, uh, in 1973, Stevie Ray Vaughn at the age of 18, got a recording deal, not him, the night crawlers, or more specifically Mark Benno and the night crawlers. So I want you to hear, here's a, here is rare as hell. This is from 18-year-old Stevie Ray Vaughan in the background does not sing at all, playing guitar for uh, this album called Crawling that was never released until like 2000-something. It was just a shitbox of a record. They shelved it. A&M said, ah, this sucks, and the band broke up, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so here's a little of this song. And I was being played by a fool. And the love is gone. And I was being played by a fool. I'm turning tables on you. Cause you. Okay, so it, it not bad, right? Right, and I want to remind our listeners that uh, we're giving them these rare recordings with no extra cost to them. That's right, that's right. Your regular cover charge gets you all of this and You're more. You're getting Stevie Ray Vaughan with uh, David Bowie, uh, yeah. studio recording sets, yeah. and yeah. early Stevie Ray Vaughan here. Yeah, this is stuff you've never heard. Your parents have never heard. Your children will never hear this because we're going to destroy the MP3 in about six weeks. So here's the deal with that. Let me tell you about this. This is an 18-year-old Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is 1973. The lead singer, Mark Benno, who I've never heard of, but apparently he put out a few albums, and The Night Crawlers. And the album was called Crawling, shelved by A&M Records. They got pissed mark benno did because the uh uh the album uh guy the uh, i forgot what they're called the, the a&r guy from a&m said hey why don't we put some horns in there and they got pissed because there's ruin in the purity of the blues record whatever actually i thought it sounded pretty damn good with the horns in there but they shelled it it never came out it was never released by a&m now the song you were listening to is called 
eight ball. And Stevie Ray Vaughan wrote it in conjunction with Doyle Bramhall. Father, so it was a collaboration. Father of Doyle Bramhall, the second who opened the show. Yeah, I tied that together. All right. Yeah, so, pulling um, it together. And Doyle Bramhall and Steve Ray Vaughn, uh, actually, Doyle Bramhall, and he, he's a hell of a talent, and, and I watched him. Uh, I got uh, the opportunity to see him at Memphis in May a couple of years back. And, uh, man, you can tell where Stevie Ray Vaughn learned to sing. He sounds like Doyle Bramhall. Listen to Doyle Bramhall. We go, oh, that guy sounds like Stevie Ray Vaughn. He's like, no, it's the other way around. Stevie Ray learned from Doyle Bramhall, who was a drummer in that. So Stevie Ray Vaughn, here's the thing, and we're going to lead out of the show with this song. We did this last time. We talked about because we never talk about the last song, but I'm telling you about this one. Stevie Ray Vaughn, 1973, he co-wrote that Doyle Hall, put it on the shelf, knew it was good. Eight ball, right? In 1983, after he decided... David Bowie, thanks, but no thanks. They released the Texas Flood album. One of the songs on it got a lot of airplay. Was the same song he renamed, changed the guitar a little, and it's called Dirty Pool. And that's our lead out song. So there you go. All right. Yeah. That's good to know the backstory. Yeah. And then he died seven years later. So there you go. Tragically. Tragically, yeah. After the Eric Clapton concert. And I, was, I was reading a little deal in there about the guy, the very last guy to talk to him, other than the dead guys, uh, yeah, as he was leaving. It was like an impromptu thing. He said, ah, I gotta, I'm going to jump on this helicopter with some of Clapton's boys and go back and see my girlfriend. The end. Hell of a thing. So, uh, beer-wise, not to be morbid or anything, uh How's your uh, how's your apple beer going down there? Still one and on? done. Are you done? It's a one no, and done. No, I'm saying that there's one and done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still drinking on my damnation, and it's it a has damn some fine. issues. It had, it had yeah. a little bit of apple, apple chunkage. It had some oxidation. It had some uh, some uh, sediment at the neck of the bottle. It had things going on. So I got to tell you, man, though, for a two year old Groucho and Chud home brewed product. That was a great beer. <laughs> hey, amen to that. Amen. So uh, be proud of that. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, got to give those boys credit. They they hung in there when the rest of us were going on hiatus and crashing and burning and all yeah, of that. Port is still recording and putting them out. Yeah, man. I know, I know Groucho had a birthday the other day. Late happy birthday to him. I posted on his Facebook wall. So, uh, all right, man. Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to wipe out my beer, and that's all I got. I got my lovely Stevie Ray Vaughn uh, and Doyle Bramhall and Doyle Bramhall 2 and David Bowie all tied up one nice, neat little package. You'll have a nice uh, evening listening to uh, some tunes. Yeah, man, I will. And uh, be sure to go to BigFoamyHead.com. Uh, we have a Facebook group or something somewhere, right? And, sure. And, uh, hell, we may get this together. This is our fourth show back since hiatus. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, isn't it? I know. I thought we'd screwed the dog, but apparently not. <laughs> not quite sure about that. Not Jury's yet, still anyway. out on that one. But That's right. That's right. We have high hopes. That's right. We have aspirations and perspirations and always inebriations. Sure. All right. See you next time.
Drive safe.
Baby, I want to be 